Hey, I'm Julian Elijah Martinez. And I am Colin J. Harden. And you are listening to the Episode 1 Show. Okay, so oh, I've got a, I've got a question for you to kick off our, our billions podcast. Oh yeah, we're doing billions. Yeah, let's talk about that. This is um yeah, it's billions. We're we're doing the billions pod pod. Oh excuse me, let me take a moment. We're doing the billions. Now I got a burp because I've been drinking coffee. I'm I'm just gonna cut this. I don't even care. I'm just gonna go. No, no, we're keeping this in. I'm keeping it in. I mean, I'm this, sorry. He he is so moved by this pilot that it caused his the gas in his stomach to to create a bubble and for him to burp because of the quality of which this pilot is or the poor Rit- quality of my preparation in drinking coffee before <laughs> but whatever however you want to put it but no no remember this is the episode one podcast and this podcast is about pilots it's about tv pilots and the reason why it's about tv pilots is because the tv pilot is the most important episode we believe mm-hmm of the show i mean it's it's arguable you could say this this the you know the end of the series the episode the last episode but obviously the pilot episode is the one that lays the foundation for everything so if you want to learn how to write and or if you just want to understand television a little bit better it's pretty important for you to kind of get into the pilot episode and get deep into the pilot episode especially if you want to write one yourself yeah and we are too uh, artists who are just starting out into the TV world. And so we took it upon ourselves to try to analyze and break down pilots uh, as a way to learn more about TV and learn more about the medium that we're that we're breaking into. So you can follow us along on this journey. And right now, upon recording, we're new into this, but maybe in a couple of years, we'll be uh, a little bit more kind of moved along. Yeah, up we'll the be ladder. experts. Experts slash um will be at least in the game, so to speak. So yeah. like let's let's talk about what you what you do. What you, let's I'll I'll go ahead and say Elijah, who I call Elijah, who I know to be Elijah, who no now goes by Julian. Elijah No, Martin. I go by Elijah. The only people who call me Julian is the government. Okay. And my principal from high school. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Elijah is an actor. He has a lot of experience in, in acting. Uh, yep. He is, you know, stage actor, stage and screen. Uh, you might have seen him on a couple things. Um, excellent. I, I, I'll, I'll say he's excellent oh, if you want. Um, and I am an audio producer, a fledge, I'll say fledgling writer. I just started writing not too long ago. Uh I won't say former musician. I'll say it's kind of a lifelong thing mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. So um, just a a lot of slashes, m- master of none. <laughs> multi-hyphenated. Yeah, multi-hyphenate, but not, uh, you know, above average at most of them. <laughs> we are we are quintessential millennials. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of slashes, but we don't commit to any one of them. No. And, and you know, I think it's part of the, the creative journey, though, too, because, and, and, you know, I don't want to get on a tangent, but my favorite artists are the ones, I'll just say this, the, my favorite artists are the ones that did a bunch of things because they were just interested in them. They were curious. They were creatively curious. Mm-hmm. So, um, But this is something I found that I really enjoyed. Went to film school, got really attached to the idea of working in television uh, because it, I just connected with me. So this is kind of where this podcast is born from. And I just, nice. uh, you know, coaxed my my brother and good friend, uh, Elijah to come along <laughs> with me because at the time of this recording we are deep in a strike and <laughs> I've got to take time away from Baldur's Gate 3 uh, 
which is a good segue into billions. <laughs> right, let's get back on Because Baldur's, Baldur's Gate starts with a B and billions starts with a B. <laughs> right. I don't even know what that is, to be honest. But again, I don't want to get back on another tangent. Uh, but yeah, billions. So we decided to do billions this time. This is a, a television show that I've been watching. I've watched every single episode of, and uh, it's in its mm-hmm. final season right now. Currently, we're in uh, the middle of summer of 2023 and it's in that mm-hmm. final seventh season and it's actually really good i'm enjoying it so if you're interested you can go on to showtime paramount plus i want to say and showtime the edition at this current moment and yeah. watch it there um but yeah i'm really enjoying it so we went back and watched the pilot episode and we're gonna go ahead and break it down for you uh what was right yeah right Spoiler alert, we're spoiling the episode one, the pilot of Billions. So just to let you know, this is a spoiler. We're going to spoil this shit if you ain't seen it. I mean, the mo- the the show was released in 2016. So if you ain't seen it yet and you worried about spoilers, sucks for you. Yeah. Hopefully this just inspires you to watch the television show and then maybe right. we'll see. And, and again, this is it. I've watched every episode. Elijah, if I at this point i i'm guessing you've only watched the one yes i've only watched the one yeah okay so like let me ask you this i know you i know you got some questions for me to start but i want to ask you this um is this something that after you've watched the the pilot that you want to watch again i do i do watch Uh, watch the rest of uh, the watch the rest of the show is what i mean you know continue is what i mean i do it's interesting to watch this now you know after we've after like succession Right. After, you know, all of the shows that have come out to precede it, that ha- that's preceding it. And so mm-hmm. it, it does feel very much of a time. Um, it is it is now on my list of shows to watch, but I can't necessarily say that I'm like, I'm going to be like, it's going to be my default. Like you hooked. know what I mean? After hooked. I get. Yeah, I'm not hooked yet. I'm mm-hmm. not hooked. Yet. And the reason and the reason I'm the reason I might be hooked is I don't think the why the show wants me to be hooked okay. i'm kind of hooked i'm kind of hooked on like what kind of crazy shit paul giamatti's gonna do mm-hmm. <laughs> rather yeah. than rather than the cat mouse that is billions because he is he is he is acting on 100 okay yeah i want to well we'll get into that so let's just talk about what the show's about right now or at least what the pilot suggests so i, I can talk about the shows about because i've seen it but i want to yeah, ask you as somebody okay yeah i'll go into that yeah. so billions is a show about uh a man named bobby axelrod he kind of like he's the i'd say he's the protagonist of the show which that ends up changing ooh, in, a, in a way ooh, that, no i have i'm gonna i okay. have a, i have i have a contradiction hold on, that hold on, go hold, ahead. On, hold on yeah, no, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. yeah right so i'm gonna say that this is Bobby Axelrod's show. It's played by Damian Lewis. He is a hedge fund manager. He runs a hedge fund in Connecticut. It's um, It was kind of built on, and you know, this is the negative slant of it, but it was built on the profiteering of 9-11. Everybody in his previous hedge fund had died in 9-11. He just happened not to be in the office at the time. And so he built the his kind of fortune on... Uh, the the accounts of his fallen colleagues and built axe capital and he is super smart genius but he also likes to cut corners not cut corners but he also likes to find insider trading like just just plain and simple he'll he'll you know 
he breaks the law in order to do it. On the other side of things is Paul Giamatti's character, Chuck Rhodes, who is the uh, U.S. attorney, the the district in New York City. Very powerful guy in, in politics. He has other political aspirations and he does not want to seem weak on financial crime. So he comes after Bobby Axelrod when he sees an opportunity to do so. The kind of connector between the two of them is Chuck Rhodes' wife, Wendy Rhodes, who is the performance coach and psychiatrist for Axe Capital. And she is she's married to Chuck Rhodes and she's a very close friend of, of Bobby Axelrod. And he like trusts her implicitly. And that is kind of one of the main tensions, at least what seems to be one of the main and major tensions of the very first episode where, you know, it, it it develops a little deeper than that as the story moves forward. But ultimately, it's a cat and mouse TV show about these two. Um, and then it develops into other things later on. I don't want to spoil it because it does zag when you think it's going to zig sometimes and you kind of expect things to happen that don't. So it's kind of a good show to watch in that respect. So that that's kind of what the show is about on the surface level, like what you actually see. So. Uh, what do you, what do you, what is your interpretation of what this show is about based on what you've seen so far, Elijah? Well, I think like, I think this show is basically about uh, masculinity and the, and toxic masculinity and what happens when two men feel the uh, uh, emasculated. Um, I think that I frequently I, I notice that there's there's a lot of kind of uh, conversations about like what happens like there's a lot of basically just like pissing contests there's a lot of like conversations based on like what happens when men literally are are castrated like um so what i saw is i saw two i saw two men kind of at the height of where they are and they both are in the process of trying to one-up one another in an effort to uh reaffirm their own masculinity it's kind of like a more you know thematic macro level kind of thing yeah you always come with the deep like i'll say like what's the show about <laughs> you'll be like well it's about <laughs> you go into this super deep and honestly that, that that's the right answer it's the right answer it's so funny that's what i when i was in uh, film school that's what i always used to do and they would always t- like bring t- bring me down they'd be like not bring me down but they'll be like no okay but like just what you see like what is it about <laughs> like right 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 but but right, the well, theme, i think it's good to to come at that angle though you know well, I also I I think you need to because from what I can tell, you know, when we're talking about log lines and we're talking about your elevator pitches, like you don't want to sit there and try to pitch a show and be like, well, it's about toxic masculinity, like because no one's really, no one's really gonna want to turn on a show and be like, okay, I'm gonna see some toxic masculinity today. Let me put on. No, you're gonna right. put on the show because you're interested in the characters and the stories and you're you're interested in the actors. So right, it's you know. I, yeah. Right. The theme the theme is always wrapped up in some like nice, beautiful, shiny old TV stuff, you know, like right, you right. know, the stuff that you, you come to watch TV for, like the cat and mouse right. between two guys. Who's gonna win? Who which one is the bad one? Which one is the good one? Is the lawman? Right. Is the guy who's a lawman actually morally correct? Um, if you live in a world that's that's uh corrupt and you're corrupt, are you really corrupt? <laughs> I mean, Not true. Um, true. you know. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Well, I and I want to challenge the the idea that uh, Bobby is the um, that Bobby Axelrod is the protagonist. I think actually it's Chuck. Okay. Uh, and I think we have some pretty 
there's some pretty clear visual examples of why it's Chuck. We we start off with Chuck. Mm-hmm. He's the very he's he's the very first image that we see. Uh we end with Chuck. Uh and also within this pilot, he's the one who has the inciting incident. He has the call to action. He has the, he does all the steps of the, you know, the traditional kind of hero's journey is all coming from Chuck. Um, where Bobby is oftentimes either the foil or, you know, the golden fleece he's trying to capture. There's, you know, he's, he comes off as more antagonistic. Now I ain't, I've only seen this one episode, so, you know, I don't know how it continues, but from what I can see based on this pilot, I would say Chuck is the protagonist. Shane, he's more an active, uh, character and like, he's the, is that what you're, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, he's, he's given all the. He's he's given the the he's given all the choices to make. Mm -hmm. He's the one he's the one who propelled. He's the engine of the of the of the pilot of not the pilot. He's the engine of the of the plot. He's the one who's driving that that thing forward. Mm -hmm. Um, Without him, you know, Bobby would have continued on his merry way of like (laughs) insider trading and like you know stealing hubcaps and shit. You know what I mean? To like jack up the price of of tires. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I think that's a fair assessment of the pilot for sure. And again, the show you can if you watch the show, you know, we can we can revisit that uh, argument. And the thing is, like, I I don't want to spoil it. I really don't. But I'll just say spoiler alert. Right. So there's a point in which in this show. Can I spoil it for you right now? Yeah, no, spoil. We already did the spoiler. Okay, I'm talking about spoiler for the sh- like moving forward, right? Yeah, so, this shit's okay, gonna okay. be spoiled. Okay, cool, cool, got it. All right, so uh, Bobby Axelrod actually leaves the show, right, for a little bit. So, oh shit! Yeah, Spo- yeah, Damn, huge. That's a big spoiler. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> yeah, it's huge, right? But there's this whole like marketing oh, oh, oh. for this season, like Ax is back. You know. Oh, I, see. I wonder what Damian Lewis was doing. No, 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 I'm tell you. no, 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 I'm gonna tell you. It's actually very. It's actually sad. Okay, he's okay. you know his wife passed. Oh, I didn't know that. I yes. Didn't know that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, his wife passed, and then that was. I think you know. I don't want to speculate, and I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, we're not a gossip. Yeah. Yeah. We're not nah, a it's not even about this. So, like, prayers up to him and his family, and I'm happy to see him back. He was fantastic in the show so and he was like mm-hmm. one of the driving forces for why people watch the show like he's a great right. character so i'm glad to see him back honestly i just talked to my sister-in-law yesterday about it and um she loves the show too and i was like you know billions is back right she was like what it's like yeah axe is back she was like okay gotta watch here we uh, go <laughs> yeah she was super hyped but uh anyway so i think i watched this show to see what kind of things like dollar bills about to get into like uh-huh. how uh axelrod is going to move stuff around across around to kind of you know get around chuck and, mm-hmm. and make it work regardless i'm more of like um kind of like the villain like the bad guy i kind of you know uh-huh. told you i, I sense almost every episode like i'm a big crime drama gangster picture type of right. uh, person because i just really enjoy the idea of like a um an underbelly underneath the surface yeah. of what you what we're seeing like we're we're over here in this yeah. world look walk looking around and living our lives and completely oblivious oblivious to this world underneath it right. you know what i mean and so right. like i really appreciate those people who are able to like you know make those things happen and so bobby right. axelrod is a character i follow so i don't really think about it in terms i didn't think about the protagonist in this particular sense in the pilot in terms of like who's actually driving things forward i just thought about like, uh-huh. who is 
who's lead, what I find to be who's leading the show, who's leading the show moving forward. And I also have the benefit of watching the entire show. So uh-huh, that's, that's uh-huh. part of it. Um, uh, I see. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, moving on, moving on. Right. So I'm, I'm pulling up my notes. <laughs> I know he got notes. I he do. got notes this time. I he do got notes this time. <laughs> oh, so yeah, the writers, right? Brian Koppelman and David Levine and Andrew Ross Sorkin. So mm-hmm. I did a little bit of digging into Andrew Ross Sorkin because apparently he he kind of like I believe he his article. He's a journalist whose article was kind of yeah. like one of the foundations for the idea around the show but he didn't continue yeah. to write for it moving forward mm-hmm. and um brian koppelman and david levine writing partners that have been writing together for a long time for they, years yeah yeah they um kind of helm and have their hand really 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 closely on the show which makes it really mm-hmm. unique they um for for seven seasons straight they've been kind of like the the guys that are mm-hmm. kind of driving the the ship there yeah, these are the showrunners. Yeah. yeah, right, showrunners. Yeah, good, good to, good to. We ne- we don't really talk about showrunners too in this, you know. No, no, that's gonna be a segment now. Yeah, like who's the showrunner? <laughs> what, what did they do before? I really like the direction in this show by Neil Berger too. I really like the the way that they interpreted the script. I don't know yeah. how you felt about it. Yeah, I mean, I it it feels very much like um, it it feels very much like. You know, it, it feels very TV, you know what I mean, in the way that it it's kind of shot. Um, it Everything feels very kind of steady, you know, a lot of like medium shots, a lot of like over the shoulders, mm-hmm. a lot of like coverage. You know, it's a lot of like wide coverage, coverage, wide coverage, coverage, wide coverage, coverage. Um, there's some kind of little funky things that they do with a, a few montages. But for the most part, this is a very like very much like TV you know, mid, mid, uh, 2015 kind of like TV before, like we have the influx of like indie filmmaking and, you know, the, before we had the influx of kind of more f- cinematic kind of things that happen on a prestige TV. If that yeah, makes this sense. This is like, I, I think it does make sense. And it's, it's, it's right, really right before, like really right before it in the midst of when it's starting to happen and a little yeah. bit right before it. And I did notice when, like from the episode we talked about before, when you were talking about a lot of uh, mid shots and uh, is, that's right. Medium, sorry. Medium, medium shots. shots yeah. um, I'm the guy who went to film school. They don't even know how to say shots, whatever. <laughs> uh, medium <laughs> shots. Um, and I, I actually, actually, after I watched the episode multiple times, like I scrolled through to see like just the, the actual frames, you know what I mean? Like what uh-huh. frames am I actually looking at? And yeah. yeah. So it really was like, mad medium shots very very few wide shots and i think when we were doing a a talk about this before we were like the budget you were talking about the budget and how a lot of it seemed very very close and contained because they didn't want you know it could have been on a soundstage a lot of it probably was on a soundstage uh, yeah because of probably the budget and things like that yeah i think yeah from what i can tell it looks like it's shot mostly on sound stages um 
we uh, we have which is funny like watching this after that last scene of, of succession where like literally they're sitting there on like the italian you know riviera and like right. they're in like maui and shit yeah, and this one is of castles to, clearly like yeah you know? yeah and this one's trying to show opulence and then we get like one shot of a giant mansion and then everything else is like yeah basically just in the room guys talking in rooms yeah yeah <laughs> yeah know? you can tell like this it was probably written for budget. That was the other thing that we learned a lot, uh, or you learn a lot uh, through, the, through the process of filmmaking is like, a lot of times your pilot has to be written for budget too. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta make sure that you don't have too much output. Like, do you have a helicopter? I remember in the in the script. So another thing about this one, we actually got our hands on the script and we can send, yeah. uh, put a link uh, in the show notes to the script of this pilot. And we can talk a little bit about the differences. But one thing I believe, not I believe there was a, a scene where there was a helicopter in the background. He was like, mm-hmm. uh, the chopper's waiting. He was like, we were about to be late. He's like, how am I going to be late for my own chopper? Pretty good line. Didn't make it to the show, but mm-hmm. there's also no helicopter in this first. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that was done for budget also, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of interesting things that, that they changed. Um, you want to talk about the changes from script to screen? Yeah, and so we found like two different scripts, um, and I, which I think we found two different scripts in the in the process of like when they were kind of dropped out and and shot. Um, but for the most part, in both of the scripts that we found, it actually doesn't. St- which go in lines with who your protagonist is. It doesn't start with Chuck. So this has. A, let's talk about that very first shot because I think it's a, actually a pretty interesting shot. Yeah. Um, so the very first shot is we have Paul Giamatti's beautiful beautiful face <laughs> laying on the ground uh tied up uh and a dominatrix is standing above him um we can't see the dominatrix face and sh- uh from what we we see it's it's a it's a woman and she's smoking a cigarette she then puts out the cigarette on his body um he says that will leave a mark she says good and then she then pees on the wound. And then we get the last shot is him uh, closing his eyes in pleasure as this woman is peeing on him. Yeah. Where like in, in the script, it actually starts off with uh, Axelrod walking through this opulent mansion that he's trying right. to buy, yep. um, which which is then placed very kind of like very quickly in the middle of like maybe by page. If this is a, if we're shooting this, this is like minute like. 12 13 mm-hmm. that's where they stuck that scene in mm-hmm. um and it really just comes it really just acts as like a, a totally different kind of thing just to show what is that what axel rod is trying to like what axel rod is trying to purchase rather than right. it being the start of the that placed of him, the script that placed him at in the protagonist sorry that placed him in the protagonist uh seat i'd say mm-hmm. um yeah. in the script right away when you read it and what I what I noticed a good bit about that particular script, th- those scripts and the changes was there's a lot of talk about like specifics of this home, what's inside of it and all that kind right. of stuff. All that's cut. Like, and I yeah. think one of the reasons why obviously is because you can see it and it's and it's, it's just unimportant. So it's it's interesting yeah. what gets cut. Like a lot of um a lot of dialogue going back and forth between acts, they they cut. I'm I'm curious to see whether that was you know, there was a final script that had it cut or if Neil Berger and Brian Koppelman and David Levine got together and was like, listen, like we can, we can do this in one, one word, right. one, one statement, one scene, one shot, right. um, make the same, right. you know, make the same statement. 
because clearly they shot that whole that whole first scene that was in the script like the it they shoot it and you can but how much actually ended up in it was is maybe like like on the page i think it it it'll be about a minute minute and a half mm-hmm. and then what actually ends up on the on the screen is like maybe three seconds four seconds mm-hmm. you know um so like it i am very curious like when and where did they decide like that's going to go on the chopping floor and we're actually just all we need is this little three second clip and we're going to stick it we're going to jam it here rather than there you know and i I think it also like it showed that for me it showed like the way that you arrange your scenes really really matters to the way that the audience perceives again the protagonist the status of your characters you know who's the most important or what's the most important story beat that you're that you're really trying to convey so like we're talking about we have we have um uh we got chuck all right chuck is you know being tied up it's it's obviously for shock value it had literally no almost no value in the plot plot whatsoever um that 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 introduction of of chuck is being dominated i mean you could thematically if you want to go in thematically yes yeah it has some thematic things and and it it has that turn at the end which you're which what you're saying is that this show tends to zig when we when we're in when we think it's going to zag like it it establishes like we have a we have a uh we have on a what's the word um (laughs) cut out what's the word (laughs) it 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 gives us a a expectation there we go expectation english english elijah martinez uh we have an expectation of who chuck is we think Mm -hmm. like okay he's gonna he's this person who hires sex workers he cheats on his Mm -hmm. wife he da 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 and then all of a sudden we find out it's his wife so there Mm -hmm. are these little like expectations that kind of happen um that the show purposely kind of pushes against Mm -hmm. but uh, you know other than that from the pilot i can't really see like you said i can't really see any other point like that could have been cut out they didn't really yeah i mean if they referenced it one other when i talk about like when i talk about its uh, importance to the plot like yeah it 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 didn't have any importance to apply it had importance to the theme like of masculinity and um power and things like that right um but did he reference it anymore did he say like did he rub his all he would have had to do was rub his chest one good time Uh, or you know something like that reference it later on the script in in the on the screen and then maybe we would have been like okay so there's something there but no it was just for shock value and to again reinforce the theme that we're talking about but when we're talking when when he talks about it i I just love the script because of the way they reference and they foreshadow things like they do a yeah. whole lot of foreshadowing and then they always pay off like it always pays yeah. off like spiros comes into like bust into uh chuck's office in the very very tropey way and his uh, <laughs> and his assistant is like i'm sorry i just couldn't stop him i'm sorry and, you know it's like yeah. the way that people just bust in people's offices all the time <laughs> on tv <laughs> yeah and, um because in the real world that'll get you arrested right that'll like get you you're fired and it's always <laughs> yeah. a, a, and it's always an assistant that comes behind it's like i'm sorry i just couldn't stop him i'm, I'm so sorry <laughs> um anyway so spiro's gonna bust in his office and he like presents this new thing he wants him to investigate bobby axelrod um and then and then he says this line he says i understand your reluctance i have a wife too right what right. does that mean we have no idea what that means right right at this point right. 
And in fact, we right. still don't even we don't even know he's married. Even when we see Wendy, we don't know he's married to Wendy. Right? right. Then he says, Bobby fucking Axelrod. When he does that, it's a it's a it's a pre-lap overlap to the next scene where it's showing him eat a pizza piece, piece of pizza, right, right? right? That's the transition. So to me, it's like when we see him eat that piece of pizza, we see we see a normal guy, a normal regular guy. Right. And I don't think that scene's in the script either. The pizza scene. I'm not. No, no, I was looking for it. Like yeah. all like, yeah, which is great because like all of a sudden we change. They they have this really meta thing that happens, which I don't think is quite they're realizing is quite so meta is when Bobby's trying to buy that house um chuck is like if he buys that house then all of a sudden the 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 public's going to turn on him and we'll have the same reaction if we saw bobby for the first time buying that opulent house we'd be like oh fuck this motherfucker but the very first thing we see is we see him eating a slice of pizza talking to a beautiful woman who we don't know is his wife but we later find out his wife talking to this beautiful woman this other guy walks in uh and basically Bobby reveals that he's buying the dude's pizza house as a way to help the dude out on his yeah. rent because he just spent time there as a kid. And so we're like, oh, wow, this is the nicest fucking guy in the right. world. Where our introduction to Chuck is getting peed on, cussing a lot. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kate and Kate Sacker, one of his assistants saying, guys, who sits in Chuck's chair, chair, become the mayor. And we're like, oh, fuck this guy. We know this. Guy. Fuck this guy. You know, what see, I mean? that's in, see, OK, I, that's I'm glad I'm interested to hear you say that to, the way you interpreted Chuck. Right. I didn't see Chuck that way. You know what I mean? I didn't see no it word. as fuck this guy. I, I saw them in equal measure, really. But mm-hmm. I, I, I really. Well, OK. As, as far as him being like a cop and somebody's like trying to take down these these people doing bad things with money, I was like, yeah, like fuck these billionaires. That's really well. So in my mind, I'm like, he's doing he's doing great work. He's taking down these white collar people. They people don't do that, right? So right. I was I was kind of endeared to him in that sense. I didn't care about the uh, you know, the the dominatrix shit. I was just curious about where that and was I going. don't and I don't either. I know we you don't. I know. Posi- we are sex positive <laughs> are. podcast. We are. But I, and I'm not saying <laughs> no that's what you were doing. No kink shaming on At this all. podcast. At all. No, but um but yeah, so like that's where I that's where I placed him. I didn't place him in in my personal feelings about cops because that's different. <laughs> but in my mind I was like, okay, this is a guy he's trying to take down Rich people trying to get away with doing bad things. Cool. I like that. Then we see Bobby Axelrod. And I'm like, this is a cool guy. He's helping out a, a friend. He's right. a regular guy like me eating a piece of pizza. I mean, they laid it on a little thick, but it's a little, little thick. Like, um, yeah. 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 A little thick. I think so, even like, I mean, I think even like the, the, the pizza hut, but not the pizza hut, but the pizza parlor dude was like, was like oh bobby like yeah. he's like, like yeah, he's, he's like joey that. bananas you know what i'm saying like he's literally <laughs> like you know I mean? like this dude is like hey you know i'm from around the corner you know what i mean yeah i yeah, make you... the pizzas for the people like, and he was like making yeah. this really really like statement like your pizza was the best pizza i ever had growing up man and i, I know and that and that pizza looked like a straight up like dollar pizza right. one of them jumbo slices by the slice fuck, by union you know anybody from dc one of them jumbo slices on u street like it looked like the wackest <laughs> 450 <laughs> i don't know yeah. how much that pizza is anymore 
Uh, but yo, yeah. jumble slice. I don't. Last time I was in DC, I couldn't find a single jumble slice. So what? I was like, Damn gentrification. Yeah, that's and tough. you hit hard. Yeah, and honestly, gentrification hard. should embrace the jumbo slice if you ask me. But anyway, <laughs> usually they do. That kind of, I don't know. Um, but at least they do down here where I'm where I'm in North Carolina. You know, but well, whatever. maybe that's where they went. Probably at least somebody stole the idea and did it down here. Uh-huh. But anyway, yeah. So that that shows like one change in the script. Like that pizza scene wasn't there, but clearly they right. wanted to make a scene that showed like this guy is a regular, you know, regular blue collar cat that just got right. rich, right? Right. And right. another thing that signals that is he doesn't wear suits. You know what I mean? He doesn't wear your traditional like power suit. No, of no. And he's never he's never wearing a tie, right? From what I can see. No, not in this. Uh, yeah. I think not not in this episode. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, so we we kind of move along, and then there's another change from the script. Sacker is not a white guy. She, it, it, they are a black woman in this script yeah. in in this yeah, yeah. screen, and and it and it changes the dynamic. Sacker was talking to a rando in this mm-hmm. in in the script and at this time it was she oh no 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 it, that actually does work no it is the same she does talk mm-hmm. to some like random guy on the on the um no 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 what what, what was it it was like connerdy was talking to sacker in the uh-huh. script about uh-huh, like yeah. how they're above reproach above reproach in this office right and right. in this in the show it's sacker talking to a rando on the on the uh phone and the Connerdy's coming like it's it's showing like the different dynamics like Sacker's moving up in the world she's the young one kind of right, up, right doing the same right. thing Connerdy did for her you know right and it instantly kind of uh puts a star on her like okay so this character right here is you know we might see some b plots some c plots like she's right. going to be important kind of moving forward yeah Connerdy's important Sacker's going to be right. important they they give her before i believe it's before they give chuck a line they give her one so yeah kind of, they, yeah, yeah yeah they get they basically she sets up who chuck is going to be right like with her that little Connerty. little mm-hmm, with that little speech to to the to the rando it's like right. okay we know we know who the we we instantly are getting chuck's status within this world yeah so it kind of shows like how we can introduce how you can introduce lower level characters it's like it's like chess like chess mm-hmm. when an opening it's all about chess is about your opening but it is about like in your mid game it's about patience right mm-hmm. so like we don't have to just throw you throw you the main characters over and over again to let them know who you are right. you, you can you can patiently unfold these characters and who they are in the show and i think they're doing a good job on this pilot right well you also like i mean like i think what a lot of what in my example reading a lot of like early scripts that the impulse is to be like for chuck to give some sort of speech about like how important he is mm-hmm. you know for chuck to be like i i'm gonna sit in the mayor's chair you mm-hmm. know what i mean like i'm this i'm that i'm like having those kind of exposition like that but to but to have like to establish two characters in one stone to show where Kate Sacker is within the hierarchy of this office, as well as establish like Chuck, I think it's very masterful, you know, and it's quick. It's like a, it's like one line in blink if you miss it, but all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you get, you get the stakes of Chuck and his position. Yeah. And then like pretty much right after that, then you get, you introduce Wendy and Wendy's Mm -hmm. And they do this, they do this cool thing where it's it's a setup to a payoff in the end, right? 
And then mm-hmm. a bigger payoff right after that. So you have Wendy, she's talking to what I described in my notes is like a broken soldier, right? He's a, mm-hmm. he works at Axe Capital. He's not doing well. She's building him up. I don't have to go into details. She's building right. him up, doing what she does best. And clearly she's kind of showing her genius. It's each one of them be, shows their genius. Those three characters, Wendy, right. Duck and Axe in their introductions, they're like main introductions. She shows like how, why she's so good at what she does. She brings this right. guy back up and then sends him out. When she does, you the re- big reveal is that she's inside of Axe Capital at the time. So right. now we're like, okay, we, that that didn't do anything except show that Axe Cap, Axe, Axelrod is a, um, he's very thoughtful about how he, he makes his money. He wants these people right. to, he doesn't just have them be go, going and uh, going to a psychiatrist. He doesn't just refer them. He has an in-house person there to build them up um, right. at any point, you know? Um, so then, then we find out how the, these worlds intersect when Chuck Rhodes right. comes back from work. He comes back from work. He sees the kids. So now we know we got two, two kids, two small mm-hmm. children at home. First thing he does goes, his kids is his wife and boom, who is it? Wendy Rhodes, right? It's his wife. Yeah. Right. So now we're seeing how these intersect. And then this comes the, my favorite scene of the show. All right. This was my favorite scene of the show. When they're fighting at the kitchen table. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why Absolutely. Is that your favorite scene? This is my favorite scene because it does it for Again, this is my benefit of knowing what happens in the show, but oh. it, it foreshadows so much that happens in the show. It, oh, okay. It, explains their relationship it explains their struggle and it and mm-hmm. it kind of solidifies and foundationalizes i don't even know if that's a word but it creates a foundation for what it is it like is today the main, yeah it is i <laughs> i said it very like it was yeah you said it with your full chest i did i'm gonna say <laughs> it again it foundationalizes <laughs> the main drama uh that i uh-huh. that that you you feel like it's going to be the main drama that drives at least the first season, right? Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Because what what happens is you see him, you see he he kisses his wife, right? And then she he's like, "What are you What are you up to?" She says, "You know, I'm just doing some notes." And then he goes, "What are they all edible complexes that can't that are that are you know going limp?" So it shows exactly uh-huh. what he feels about the work that she does, right? Masculinity, exactly, right? <laughs> when he has his own stuff, clearly. And she knows uh-huh. better than anybody. Anyway, <laughs> so um, you know, he 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 makes that statement, and she was like, "You have an an uh, sarcastically a- excellent, you know, understanding of people." They go back and forth, and then he does this thing, and you can talk about the performance, but he does this thing. He grabs his tie, and then he says, "Like, are you are you happy in your situation?" Uh-huh, meaning uh-huh. her her job, right? So they go back and forth, and then she sees it immediately. She sees right through him. And right. that he's trying to manipulate her. He's like, don't you, don't, aren't you tired of moving chess pieces around? Again, another chess right. reference. So you're tired of making, right. uh, moving uh, pieces around at work. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm doing. That's what the mm-hmm. fuck you're doing, right? Yeah. yeah. So they go back and forth and then she gets really upset and it reveals how much more money that she makes than he does. It, mm-hmm. um, it shows that like when they blow up, they can do it in front of the kids. They have to send right. the kids back up. So right. it shows like their their marriage is not as strong as you would want to think. Even though right. afterwards it it smooths out and Wendy kind of like brings the low she she puts herself in a lower status position um right, on purpose. Right. right. And then 
they kind of have this interplay that a lot of married couples do where they just like, you know, they have a big flare up, they bring it down, they tell right. each other why they love each other, and then they move on, right? So then right, right. the audience is going to, at least for me, how I perceive it and the way I perceived it, is that the audience is, is to see like, this is just a normal couple that has some tension, but they love right. each other. And they appreciate each other for what they do. They respect mm-hmm. each other. And then you end it that way. But really, everything inside of it was doing exposition. Um, yes. It was talking about yes. their rela- relationship. It talked yeah. about how much money both of them made, how long th- that Wendy's been doing that job. Uh, right. uh, that they Again, that they have children. The And she asked, are you about to start investigating somebody at Axe? Like, yeah. is that, the, and of course, at the time it was no, but it's about to be. So it's like yeah. sets up everything that this show is about to be this this season this first season is about to be right right it does that thing which in save the cad which is the uh put the pope in the swimming pool which is like you need to have something interesting if you're going to have an exposition dump which a little bit of the scene is um you put the exposition dump in the middle of this fight and we also we have a couple expectations so you know chuck the first time we saw Chuck, we saw Chuck with what we saw as a dominatrix. So we're thinking, oh, he's cheating on his wife. Um, and so there is, we are expecting some sort of like argument. We're expecting some sort of, you know, unhappiness. We're expecting some sort of tension and conflict with the two of them together. Um, yeah. So I think like, I, I I really like, I agree with you. I, I really like this scene too, because it, it does exactly that. It's like, okay, we're going to throw in a bunch of exposition, but we're going to put it in the middle of this, of this fight, but we're also going to like be emotionally invested in this fight because we have two characters and we want to know what's going to happen to their marriage. We're gonna, we want to know what's going to happen to the romance because we think one character is cheating on the other one. So something's going to happen eventually between the two of them. And, and, and in a way, like the, the cheating is emotional if if anything really like right. the cheating is and it it's probably going well, we, to be emotional and it seems we like find, it will be yeah we don't find out later until the actual like will they won't they is not chuck and whoever he's cheating on it's not coming from chuck it's actually coming from uh wendy and and axelrod so you know what i mean like it actually is wendy who's the one who is in a position of uh, being conflicted between these two different pools uh, you know these yeah. two different worlds that she's pulled in yeah that that thrusts her her whole storyline that that continues to be her storyline and you know mm-hmm. uh her her conflict being conflicted with the work that she does over mm-hmm. at axe capital and how good mm-hmm. she is and uh kind of measured against the the wrong and bad that's done as a result of right. how good she is um right so but what also was also really nice about this too is, is that it still it gives it, Wendy still has agents agency even though it her decision to later on down the in the show her decision to try to um, see if she can quit is also a catalyst for Axelrod in realizing that like oh he's being investigated so it is it is like chess you're like there are move there are moves that are happening there are plot threads that are being started. There are conflicts that are created, internal conflicts within the characters, but nothing ever within this pilot, nothing ever feels like, with the exception of maybe Kate Sacker, and we could talk about that when we get to Juneteenth Ward, you know what I mean? Uh, Nothing really feels like a character is just doing something in service of plot. Plot, character is doing something in service of their own wants and needs, 
but plot is also taken care of as the character is in pursuit of what they want and they need. That's why it's so good. It's so, so good. Yes. That's the thing that like I really I did like the the direction because it it was it was like an elevated it felt like like, like kind of like um a procedure like an elevated procedure. It's a procedural. Yeah, it feels like a procedural. Um but like really really tightly done. Uh yeah. but but that uh the writing was really what elevated all of it. Everything that you're looking at. Um but you're right. Yeah. It was not and everything was in service of character development emotional mm-hmm. needs and wants uh what sorkin was gonna say intention and obstacle mm-hmm. and then um yeah so that that was the that's what makes this such a great pilot and and right. and not in the same sense of like it does a bunch of like tugging on your heartstrings and like hooks you right away you know what i mean like you know those pilots that you watch you're like oh shit i gotta watch every yeah, episode yeah. of this now it doesn't really yeah. do that unless you are really really into some of those more like deep emotional thematic uh dramatic elements um in television well it doesn't it doesn't do it with spectacle um that's that it doesn't yeah yeah, it doesn't do it with um shock value you know what i mean which is what we started to get uh you know nowadays um it doesn't do it with like nostalgia it doesn't do it with ip you know what I mean? It's literally, it literally ju- is just dudes and some ladies in rooms talking. <laughs> it is <laughs> that that's this whole pilot is just people in rooms talking. Yeah, and it's and it's done so well. But yeah. like you know, as we you know, again, I think the good thing about what we're doing now is like we're 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 not necessarily uh, recapping the same way we used to. Uh, which i may cut <laughs> from saying out loud no it's staying in it's staying in it's why everything is staying um, but i i could... i do want to talk about i'll say this can i ask you this what is your sure. what is your i'm gonna i told you my favorite scene i'm gonna ask you your favorite scene but I, i'm gonna yeah. ask you also like what's the scene you disliked did you was there a scene that like hit you wrong and didn't you didn't like you know yeah, I think I wished the scene, the showdown scene between uh I was I had a lot of expectations for the showdown scene between Chuck and Axelrod and it didn't hit the way that I wanted to because there were some strange things that were happening. Um it it felt like like it felt like they were trying to build tension, you know what I mean? And but they were but it felt like they were showing us that they're that these that this is a tense meeting and and i was just like i wish it was like i think it i think it was was missing for you what was missing for you i think it's like what i think it was when axel rob was like uh he said something he was like fuck you like he like he like lost it and he was like fuck you and i was just like i was like if that were to happen i was like there's something it was like this all the subtlety that had been kind of building up will all kind of dissipated like it was like i was like ah they lost you know what i shit. mean yeah yeah I, and also also in that scene there's a lot more like on paper there's a lot more people kind of hanging around so they so on paper they have to be a little bit more kind of subtle um there's a constantly the two characters are constantly like trying to walk away because they're being pulled we talk about this in a, in acting like points of concentration 
they are like being pulled in different directions like um axe gotta go somewhere you know chuck has got has got his own speech so they're Mm -hmm. they're constantly trying to pull each other pull away but then they come back you know where this one when it was shot it's like literally they're just standing there talking um in the middle of a hallway with no kind of sense of direction of where they need to go or where they need to be they're like the two actors are like we're going to finish the scene and then we're going to move mm-hmm. um yeah interesting okay so yeah. that's the scene i'll say the scene that i disliked the most was the one that actually happened right after my favorite scene it was kind of like it was supposed to be the uh no i won't i won't say it was supposed to be like the antithesis of the previous scene but it was supposed mm-hmm. to show the home life of both families right so like you're seeing uh, uh-huh. the home life of chuck rhodes and then you're seeing the home life of, of axelrod and his yeah. wife and, and kids i hated yeah. that scene i did like the i like some stuff in it like i i don't i don't hate any i didn't hate any scene in this show honestly but there were yeah. elements i didn't like you know and it might just be right. the things that <laughs> I just kind of don't like the toxic masculinity stuff. And I think it's really hard to, <laughs> I think it's hard to write um, yeah. in a way that's going, not going to rub some people the wrong way. Like, yeah. when they're like, look, yeah. that's what's called a pissing con. He's like trying to teach his yeah. kids how to be like evil financial, like yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was yeah. like, what are we really trying to teach? Is it trying to show like, he's not the best guy. He's trying to teach his kids like, certain things maybe that's just my personal take yeah, and perspective but it was also it was also framed around this kind of like family like a a, a happy family moment and then the yeah. wife's in it and the kids are very like cute and precocious and i hate cute precocious kids like that's not even that's not even how you say that word precocious we are you got it precocious precocious <laughs> I, had you. I had you man i got you uh, we're gonna rename this podcast the episode one podcast <laughs> Well, so we can't we talk, don't we know can't speak English. English. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I can't stand I mean, I can't stand these little precocious little like kids and you know, and then also like that scene, I mean, the scene establishes the dog which when the dog is is uh neutered, then all of a sudden that causes Axe later on to it's one of the many things that makes Axe buy the house which then puts Chuck on his tail and da 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 but it really gives us nothing there's no there's no conflict in that scene you no, know what i mean there's no yeah. real conflict no there there is and, and that's why like my one of i was i'm gonna keep doing it referencing my old professors but they say uh one of them says if there is no conflict there is no scene you know what i mean right like that one was purely to just set up the dog later you know what i mean yeah, it, it does yeah. establish like yes he has a great relationship with his wife and, and yeah, kids but- he loves them and I thought it was interesting. Well, One thing I thought was interesting is the wife says to the to the boys, say thank you to the chef. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. she wants it's like the old like we're still blue collar. We still have manners. Right. Even though we're right. super rich. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And they constantly they're constantly doing that. Like she she has that big uh, speech at the end where she's like not at the end, but she's a big speech in the middle where she's like, mm-hmm. I'm from Inwood. And then but she says like she's from Inwood like five times. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, you know, in back when I was in Inwood, you know, while we were on the mean streets of Inwood. Right. <laughs> right. You know, that's how we do in Inwood. Like when right. she was like threatening that, that woman, she was like, Yeah, that's how we do it in Inwood. I was yeah. like, this blonde hair, blue eyed woman, like <laughs> cause I, I used to live in Inwood. I, and and look, just you know, maybe I didn't see him, 
but I did not see no hood, blonde hair, blue eyed women threatening. <laughs> well, look, I, I, I was assuming, and I don't know anything about this, but I was assuming this was like the nineties or eighties, what she's talking about. You know what I mean? I guess so, because in <laughs> early two thousands, it was not. <laughs> it wasn't like that. Yeah, at least from what I can tell, then there might there might have been. I mean, there's a whole park, so we'll you know there might yeah might get I mean, jacked by by you know Becky, but <laughs> yeah. So she's like, yeah, we're firefight. You know, she did that whole thing. So yeah, I mean, yeah. like that scene really. That's right. I did. I think you're right. Like I didn't think about the fact that there was no conflict in it, but that's why I didn't yeah. like it because yeah, yeah. like I. I thought the scene prior was so strong to me and what it did, what, what it actually did to to uh, bring the dramatic tension and also drive the plot yeah. forward was so yeah, good. Yeah. It's like having that scene right after, like, can you can you try to match me a little bit? Um, right, especially right, you're going to bring the family into it. So that's the, that's right. the what I didn't like. So what, what was your what was your favorite scene in the show? My, fi- my favorite scene actually is the scene between Axelrod and Wendy. Um, mm. because, because, and it's my favorite scene because um i was actually reading along on the script while i was watching that scene and and mm-hmm. i was fascinated by what uh what um the actors were doing with the stage directions that were given because there's a lot mm-hmm. of stage directions in that scene that that are like that would say things like hits him hard or mm-hmm. that or like he looks suspiciously or like you know and it's and it's me as an actor i would like see those like stage directions and then i feel like i will have to do something with it mm-hmm. i have to shoot my eyes i would have to uh i'll have to be you know look down and then look up i'll have to do you know what i mean i'll have to like contort my face and react and da 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 but that's not what happens like the actors are very very subtle the actors will maybe take a breath you know what i mean which could have come in the editing uh, there's that really slight smile that Wendy gives him at one point in time that gives us everything that we need in terms of like their relationship, you know, after he says, uh, with eyes like yours, and she gives him that real slight smile and says, okay, player, like, it was like everything that you needed out of the relationship, you know, um, there's that when she's walking away, and all he does is like, kind of look down. You know, and he's processing everything that just happened. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's just like it's real, real like subtle things that are happening, which tell me as an actor that you actually don't need as much as you think you do. You know, you just need to know the given circumstances, you just need to know your character, and you just need to allow the audience to then map everything else on it because we've actually been watching the story. You don't you don't have to help us, you don't have to guide us along, you don't have to show us. That you're having all these experiences so that was yeah. my favorite thing yeah yeah that's really interesting and i think it speaks to the same conceptually the same thing i was talking about in terms of patience mm-hmm. you know um, yeah yeah uh interesting no i didn't think about it that way but i did notice that like everything maggie sif was doing the character mm-hmm. um, the actor who plays wendy rhodes i just loved everything she did with the with the line reads that she had the, the lines that she had the dialogue well, Maggie uh-huh. Siff is like is legendary. Like you look down her IDMB and you're like, holy, she is definitely that. Hey, I've seen this person before. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, look at that. You know, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad that person's doing well. Like, she you know, said, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, just the way, I mean, when even in that scene with the and she carries that dude too. Uh, no disrespect to that actor, but the uh, the guy who was uh having some issues with his portfolio uh-huh. and stuff like that. Yeah. And she like any 
and I, I I really like the dialogue in that scene, but it could have been played and and, and uh, performed so corny. Oh yeah, uh, we're talking oh, yeah. about like the seals. You know, she's like the seals don't make mistakes. Like she's right, giving this right. like fake speech, but she does it in a way that's almost meaning to look fake. Like she's yeah, not really yeah. sending a troop yeah. off into the you know into a battle. But she, it, it's so the way she does it is I can't even I can't even really describe it. You might be able to speak no. to it better to, than than I do, but it's just the way she was subtly explaining, like giving this this speech that was meant to to motivate this guy, and she's doing it in a performative way inside of a performance. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. At, in a yeah. way that she knows is going to to. So she she was truly embodying uh, that character that uh, yeah that motivational kind of psychiatrist yeah well i think it i was gonna say that was my least favorite scene until i started mm -hmm. thinking about it and i'm like i it was it was gonna be my least favorite scene because i fucking hate these kind of people mm -hmm. and that's why i think it's such a great scene because we're like these you know we're looking at these are like those finance bros mm -hmm. you know these like you know they probably you know flew in the burning man like like these kind mm -hmm. of guys and then of course like they get like motivation from their psychiatrist in the office who's like thumping her chest in a very kind of like cringy kind of way mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but i'm like that's why like you just as you said like that's she knows exactly who this person is and so we're allowed to have our like feelings about this person like she's not um she's not apologizing for this person mm -hmm. you know what i mean she's not explaining this person you know, she's just playing the person and then I'm allowed to have whatever feelings I have, you know, mm -hmm. about this scene and about these two people. And we've seen know? her before. So we've seen we know that right. she's she's doing some some performative things, because when right. we see her in a scene with Chuck, she's so much more reserved, more, more reserved. Yeah. She's yeah. a lot more thoughtful. Like she did. Yeah. I just really liked it. I don't know if I want to give the Steph Curry Award already because I'm just thinking about it. No, nah, I was but, I was um, thinking about it too. Yeah, I think yeah. I think we're gonna give the Steph Curry Award to Maggie Stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, she killed so much. She didn't even have. She had like three three big big scenes and meaningful mm -hmm. scenes, but yeah. she really really kills. Like you're right in that scene with uh, Bobby Axelrod. That's a really great one too. Yeah, um, and you're right. She does so many great things with the you know you're right with that smile and and, and, yeah, and i really love but i, I really loved i'm oh, sorry i'm sorry no no um but the way <laughs> but you know i want to hear what you have to say but it's like when damian lewis says um with eyes like yours i loved what he did mm -hmm. there because it was like it didn't seem like he was really flirting with her you know what i mean like right, right. he kept such a really neutral non non-sexual you know tension face to right. me when he said it. it was like very matter of fact i'm just speaking about your beauty i know we you know we both know I, i'm i'm not right. gonna act like i can't see that you're a beautiful woman but right. he, you also know he, he, he I, it didn't feel to me that he was being uh uh what's the word i want to use uh he doesn't like want disingenuous to, disingenuous but also like not being a uh you know cheating basically emotionally cheating yeah, with his yeah, wife yeah. you know what i mean it, yeah. it felt very matter of fact and that's something that he had to he had to think about in order to to perform right 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 well and also like she knows she knows what she has uh she knows what she has for free i mean she says this thing where she goes um 
how's like uh she's talking to we're going back to the scene where he's she's talking to the the finance bro and she goes well how's uh how's sex with your wife you know mm-hmm. but she does it and she does it where she she looks down and then she looks up and she has that little half smile and she takes some pause before sex and and all of a sudden it's she's just dripping with like char- charisma you know and like that that's from that's from an actor that's from an actress who like knows exactly like what she's doing you know what i mean she knows she's like i know who i am i know where i am supposed to be i know where this character is supposed to be and i know like this tv show needs this it needs this at this point you know but let me ask you this from an actor perspective i know this is a show about it's about pilots and it's about how important the pilot is and of course we were talking about it from a writing perspective but um Mm -hmm. so many so many uh filmmakers will say that casting is the most important thing some people say not on the page it's not on the stage you know meaning that the script is the most important thing some people and then the secondary thing or kind of like the arguable thing is that the actors and their performances are are the most important thing so like how important do you think it is for casting and performance i know from an actor's perspective Mm -hmm. i'm pretty much i'm leading the question i can almost (laughs) guess what you're gonna say but how important is it to you when you're watching the show from a from let's say from an audience perspective and from from an audience perspective. perspective I think it's funny because what you notice about those quotes is that depending on what your department is, you say that's the most important. Like, <laughs> right? You know. But I give it to like the person. The person who said, "If it's not on the page, it's not on the stage," was Steven Spielberg. Uh yeah, yeah. You I know. think like when I'm when I'm watching the show, like, um, well, film is a visual medium. You know what I'm saying? Um, so casting is important in the sense of like I'm going to have my expectations based on the casting. Either I'm going to have like. A, a kind of emotional connection to the characters uh based on the actors that are performed or i'm gonna see that character and i'm gonna see the actor and based on my own stereotypes my own prejudices my own history da 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna know who that character is based on that um so i there's an there's an importance in that capacity you know mm-hmm. um but i think i think fundamentally like if it's not if you don't have stuff that is well written and you can cast Denzel Washington and Margot Robbie, it'd be a shitty ass fucking pilot. You know what I mean? It'd be a mm-hmm. shitty ass uh, script. You need, you need a great script. You need a great, you need a great script. That's going to be able to um, give you the information and give you the story in, in an interesting way because actors can only do so much with what they're given. And, especially with this script is i'm reading i'm reading the script as the actors are performing they're almost line perfect mm-hmm. and almost almost to like the period yep. you know almost almost to like the dash like they don't take pauses unless it's in the script they don't there's not a comma out of place there's no added words i mean you might get a couple like uns and you knows uh paul giamatti riffs a little bit more but he's kind of paul giamatti so they're that's who they're paying for but like Damian Lewis, all the TV TV actors do not change a single thing. And so without a good script, that look that Damian Lewis gives her, you know, in the middle of that of the middle of that scene, that reaction, without a good script, that would mean nothing to us. The only reason why I'm able to, you know, place story upon that is because I've been watching the show and then all of a sudden I have an understanding of the character. And so when he gives her a look or he pauses for a half a second and he doesn't change his face the entire pilot, I'm put I'm mapping on all that emotion that's going on behind his eyes. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did so that answer your question? No, 100%. I mean, again, from, from your, your experience as an actor, it's, it's just interesting to see. Cause I mean, most people aren't reading scripts when they're watching right. a television show. So I always try to come at it. I always come at it from how's this TV show making me feel. I, I try to watch right. as much TV as I possibly can develop a good taste level and then right. start thinking about like, how does this, how is this really making me feel? What's, what's happening in this scene and really trying to go deep to find why this is a good pilot or not. What, why is this a good script? And then again, measuring the script against the pilot was a really great exercise this time around to kind right, of see right, right, right. what changes were made and where performances were really, really, really elevating some of the, the dialogue that was being placed there. And some, again, like you were talking about the scene direction, action lines, and um, like w- what the actors are really doing. I thought it was interesting. Some of the action lines in between pieces of dialogue, you know, mm-hmm. and some of the information that they were that they were placing inside of that script to tell you who the character was, which sometimes sometimes they tell you don't do that when you're writing scripts. And I think that mm-hmm. might be a function of Brian Koppelman and David Levine have been being in the game for a while. So they can right. kind of do those things that, you know, your your film, your film professor, your your whoever is going to tell you not to do your YouTube, <laughs> your YouTube teacher <laughs> who's teaching you how to write scripts. Who, <laughs> Have they written right. it? You don't know. Um, right. We're right. going to, they'll, they'll tell you not to do. So I think anything works. That's the thing about a script too. It's like anything works if it works. Like if you see it, right. if it's really conveying what you need it to convey, then it works. And I think what right. they do, even the unconventional elements of the script, which you can take a look at listener, if you, if you like, um, they work because they convey what they were meant to convey. Uh, right. to the reader to the actor to the director and that's what the script is for the script is like a blueprint for the director right. and the and the actors to be able to to do what they need to do uh, right and, or they I, yeah or they pay or they pay off you know what i mean we were just mm-hmm. we just spent a bunch of time talking about that one scene where we we're like oh there's no conflict but you know what i mean it sets up the dog and the dog getting neutered is then the catalyst for for axelrod yeah. later on down the road and sometimes you know, yeah so. you need you need plot plot only like it did a little bit of character development, you know, it it did introduce his kids, it introduced yeah. his family life, but it was more like a plot thing and it didn't do too much to, it, it did more to introduce our his kids to us than Chuck Rhodes' kids, which right. shows us that maybe the, his Chuck Rhodes' kids don't really matter in this show. And I can tell <laughs> you, cause I have watched it, they don't, <laughs> they don't. So, but, but Axe's kids do, like you see them yeah. do things later on down the line. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's, uh, can we, I know we've already jumped to the Steph Curry award, but can we talk about A, B and C stories that you identified? Yeah, I could only find, I mean, I, I think, um, I, I think there's I can only really see two the A story which is you know Will Chuck uh, nail Axe which gets established when um, Spiros walks in and is like you know Axe has been doing some insider trading and Chuck gets on Axe's tail and then from my understanding is the B story is the thing that gets resolved in the pilot and that's you know Will Axe by the house which he does at the end mm-hmm. um, so that's that's what I saw yeah yeah um now that I'm I'm trying to see if there's one with Wendy, like you know how Wendy tries to quit and then doesn't. And I'm trying to see if that is underneath either, you know, underneath the umbrella of 
both of those yeah. or one of those you know what i'm saying yeah, or if yeah. that's even a real story because is there any resolution other than she decides not to um yeah yeah that's why it doesn't you know it's it's an it's not really an ensemble show i mean like mm -hmm. wendy's wendy's an interesting character but i think she's an interesting character because of the actress playing her um she doesn't really have too much of an arc no one else really has arcs except for chuck and, and not, yet. And not, not yet. yet i know not yet i know but in the pilot no one yes. really has a, yeah. yeah so like we can talk about that okay so from the pilot episode what arcs do you or what storylines can you see potentially popping up when you think about like connerty's character sacker's huh. character um uh wendy rhodes like some of the, right. the lesser known wags who barely has anything going on uh yeah dollar yeah. bill dollar bill you know what i'm saying so uh -huh. i love the little like i'm not uncertain little shtick that they do <laughs> yeah, i really yeah, love that I yeah know yeah that's a great that's a great yeah that's a great shtick i love uh, that and then walking away is like, why weren't you uncertain with me? It's like, do your own work. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I see, I see Wendy and her job and the conf and the tension between that. Um, there is a will they won't they with Wendy and Chuck. Um there is I, I mean, think Wendy, oh, Wendy and Axe, but yeah. Wendy and Axe, yeah. There's mm -hmm. a will they will they won't they um there is some for me i can see there's some stuff with the 9-11 like what actually happened in 9-11 like why wasn't he in the building um that could come up um i think uh axe's wife and her being sick basically almost like an attack dog on other wives i think might come up later on down the road um the fact that she's just like threatening right straight grieving, up in, in the grieving women. <laughs> um the fallout from the house there's a lot like the fallout from the house um even the sons the relationship between the son, axel's rod sons mm -hmm. uh because there's there's some conflict that's coming up with that um and i know that kate sacker there's something's gonna something needs to happen with kate sacker mm -hmm. um what's uh sorry what's chuck's oh, connerty Connerty, there's Connerty and whether or not Connerty is going to like fall to the dark side. There's some like mm -hmm. Jedi Sith happening with Connerty. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of little pop threads that were all established within this pilot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you covered like most of the ones that I've seen. And you're pretty much right about um, all, everything you said was right. Um, and there's more. There's more too. So I think that's another thing about pilots too. You want to make sure that there's everybody says like if you if you're going to pitch a show you got to have a hundred stories you gotta mm -hmm. you gotta make them believe that there's a hundred stories there right. And right now you kind of just broke down 15 you know what I mean? yeah potential yeah, yeah, yeah. that Definitely. just came right out of the pilot so yeah. that's obviously something that's a good thing they want to make sure that these shows are are, are things that can continue on for right, right. season upon season upon season and then right. thread into different things and you know obviously you know you can create new different plot points and right all kinds of cool different things so it's good that this pilot did that for you as somebody who hasn't watched the show you were able to identify so many of right. those different stories right off the bat so like i think when we're writing ours we have to be thinking about that everybody who we introduce again right. the, this, this is a different type of genre this is a kind of like a it's almost a crime drama. It's kind of mm -hmm. a drama drama. It's a financial drama. I don't even know yeah. if that's a genre, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 
they're it, in different genres do different things. Like they have different the way they the the way characters are being utilized in different genres matters differently. Um, but I think when we're I think you're writing a dramedy, I'm writing uh an hour long uh drama crime drama mm -hmm. so i'm thinking about like the different characters that i'm introducing and how important mm -hmm. they need to be moving forward and what right. plot threads need to be thought about moving yeah. forward you know so yeah. it's really uh i think this is a good a good one to study in that regard yeah we also we need to talk about uh paul giamani and that scene that he has with uh with skip and them just letting paul oh. giamani cook yeah yeah go i mean so like we just i mean that that's i don't <laughs> okay I, I did a podcast no no which i introduced something and i'm just like that shit was dope and <laughs> i don't have a good reason no of why that's fine <laughs> no no i i love that scene too it's one of my it's I, like i said i like i like every scene in this show and I loved some of them, you know, and I love that scene too, because it it did. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it more, it really does feel like Chuck, especially in the pilot, is the protagonist because, yeah. I mean, he really like stands tall in some of these scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially that one. I mean, he, I mean, he, he like decimates his own father and his father yeah. looks at him in such a like proud way when he does yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Well, once again, this is, it's a, it's, this is a great example of just breadcrumbs. Of like justice that like you said foreshadowing and and reveals because we have this scene where he shows up he sees his dad he's supposed to like be grill he's supposed to like you know indict this man his dad shows up you know what i mean like all of a sudden you know chuck is pissed he mm -hmm. he delivers this amazing speech where he drags this guy for muck and then has this wonderful wonderful moment where he like where he turns at the end and he looks at this man that he's been that he's known since his childhood and and gives him some advice and then threatens his father and then walks out of the room man and then the next time we see his dad they're they're fucking like you know strategizing his career and you realize right. like that was a whole ploy by his dad and so yeah. like it's and he did exactly and, and remember they referenced that a couple of times they're like you're doing these chuck senior moves wendy says it in their first scene that scene that right. i talked about that i like she was like you're pulling these chuck senior moves we don't know who chuck senior is right at right, that right. point you know what i mean right. and again that's again great foreshadowing to show us who who he is right. and then he pulls a chuck senior move in the show and right. it is and he gets pissed and he does yeah. exactly and 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 it's like his dad knew like whichever way he went was gonna be yeah. good like if he if he actually yeah. was lenient to him it was yeah. gonna be good for him if he right. did what he did and like really decimated his father in public like that yeah. well public ish but like yeah. um it was going to be something that was going to ring out into the you know right into the financial wall street journal ish you know the right. sphere right. and and become legendary so well it's it's also like you know it's also what uh spios does you know uh he comes in and he's he gives him two options that if chuck goes one way it's good for him if chuck goes the other way it's good for him mm -hmm. like every character in this is basically two sides of the same coin you know all these characters are playing it, it there's a lot of palace intrigue with this show a lot of these yep. characters are making moves they're, they're doing chess moves and da da da, da. Mm -hmm. and everyone's looking for that chuck senior move everyone's looking for if it's a yes, it's great for me. If it's a yes, it's great for me. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah, I, mean, I forgot about Chuck, Se Chuck Sr. and Spiros, too. They'll, they'll, they two, both of them play a really great role in this pilot. And 
again two other plot points that can that you can imagine right. turning Come into on. something else right. um so again really great great work honestly with right. this i enjoyed i'm enjoying talking about it now i enjoyed watching it and and kind of yeah. breaking it down but talking about it is really reminding me how great it is yeah. and the show the show is fantastic so those who want to watch it? please watch it yeah who's got the coldest line my actually you know i really like this line when he said <laughs> remember when you're talking about the the face-off between uh-huh, them yeah. and you were saying that you didn't really like that i actually really like that scene uh for like just basic basic audience member like face-off stuff but uh-huh. when he goes your daddy's got a little place out there he must let you use a bedroom some weekends if you say please walk away i should but then again, what's the point of having fuck you money if you never say fuck you? What's the point of having fuck you money if you never say yeah. fuck you? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that's, that's, and the way he delivered it was so great. So yeah. I just love that line. It's like, that's what you want to hear a, a, a billionaire say. Yeah. They never do. Yes. Oh, and he says a- it to the guy who he's not supposed to say it to. <laughs> yeah, he says it to the exact guy, the one guy he's not supposed to. And that's the great, like, Axelrod is so that's what we're looking for in the show. Like Axelrod is so is so on top of his game. Uh Chuck is so top of his game. And they only fuck up whenever their ego or their temper get ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens with Axelrod in this pilot. And I imagine that's gonna happen to Chuck as we as we go oh, down yeah. the road. You got it. That's literally the show, bro. That's it. <laughs> What's that's your awesome. coldest line? Oh, my coldest line is when he calls <laughs> when he gets out of the 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 um the the media scrum and he calls uh spiros and he goes one i love what spiros says where he's like he's like do you know the story about the mouse that starts roaring like a lion no yeah it doesn't end well for the goddamn mouse do the people you work with pretend they're impressed when you speak in riddles like some kung fu instructor from the movies does your staff ever get tired of pretending uh, that you're some wise kung fu master mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the other one is uh besides it's the right thing to do spiros you wouldn't know the right thing to do if it kneeled down and sucked your tiny goddamn cock you pull any shit like that again and i will lose holy fucking hell on you uh spiros you wouldn't know the right thing if it kneeled on if it got on his knees and sucked your tiny little cock yeah. <laughs> the way he <laughs> yells ever- it if you ever pull some shit like that again, I will fucking something like send you to hell or end you or some shit and then hangs up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like watching the show is like, yeah, you know, it's, it's heat. It's the cat and mouse. Yeah. Like it's pals intrigue. But I really just want to see what kind of crazy shit's going to come out of Paul <laughs> Money's mouth. <laughs> yeah so yeah, okay that's a really good one too and it, it really does speak to like what this show is like if you don't like stuff like that if again those are two really like harsh a <laughs> lot those are our coldest lines for the entire show and they're yeah. really really harsh they're people cursing at each other yelling at each other and that's kind of what this show is it's 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 this is not yeah. a family show this is not uh, this is a show about people doing bad things you know what i'm saying yeah but it's um, like so. it, but it's also there's a bit of camp to it you know what i mean oh, yeah. like yeah it's lines like that it's lines like um 
axelrod's wife saying like yeah i'm fucking threatening you that's where that's what we do when we come from like it's yeah. just like it's those one-liners those one, those zingers that happen you know yeah uh um, and they're great i lo- I love that kind of stuff if you can pull yeah. it off um, yeah that's yeah, what yeah. that's what you for me like as a fan of tv that's what i come to see like i want to see a trope done the perfect way yes i don't want to see like you stay away from tropes and like always trying to subvert you know the tropes and all that kind of stuff no just give me the trope but just do it well just do it well yeah just do the trope work yeah because that's why we yeah we 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 have expectations and and sometimes and a lot of times that we have expectations because they fucking work you know what i'm saying so like do the expectation you don't necessarily have to like reinvent the wheel Mm -mm. you know all the time show me show me all that just do it in a new way do it in an interesting way or just do it the way i've seen it a bunch of times just do it well yeah which i really love about this so okay well we've already done the steph curry award uh-huh. we've already done the coldest line so what's left is the juneteenth award this is a very white show by the way very white. Extremely, white, extremely white show um of course we we should give it to kate sacker and and uh condola's doing a is doing a wonderful wonderful job and i love her as an actress uh, but I'm gonna give it to that one little Basquiat painting. <laughs> the one that's hanging so like, in his office. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I was like, "Is there a Basquiat?" I had to. I did scroll through, scrub through, and find it. But I was like, "Is there a Basquiat?" There damn sure there's, was one in there. There's um, like one, which is so fucked up because Basquiat, no one Basquiat's life, you know, no one like who, who what he represented as an as a artist and then what he's become since yeah. seeing a basket like hanging in this billionaire's office whose whole reason for being a billionaire is just ripping people off is so fucking <laughs> ironic and yeah it's <laughs> a, a very into capitalism magna carta holy grail type of uh, yeah, thing yeah, that ass, yeah when jay-z was over there just saying basquiat's name a bunch <laughs> dead ass for no dead reason point. Yeah. Okay. But no, that's a good one. I I'm gonna just I'm just gonna stick with Condola. I'm just gonna give it to Condola. Yeah, she's uh, great. Just for for standing standing tall is the only black character in the first episode. There's there's one. There's like um Oh, there is there's um that other sister who's who's in it. She's I wanna say she's never in there again. I wanna say. Or she does not. She has no (laughs) if she's in there again, she does exactly what she did in the pilot, which is like say three things <laughs> i'm i'm not sure but no you're right you're right there is another there's another black face there are black faces uh-huh. um some of those black faces open their mouth and say words but yes. i'm gonna give it to condola as the one kind of holding it down yes. uh for the black folks and yeah. uh doing and then a great also job. also shout out to the uh the asian woman who whose whole job is just to get like brushed off by uh, paul giamatti right literally like he literally <laughs> he goes, throws his hand up at her yeah and you could and the actress like the, the actress stays in it so he throws his hand up at her and she gets like frustrated and she goes into the gets into her like obama's about to dap me up line so like good for her for staying in it and like not because i think the actress got a little annoyed because this motherfucker just put his hand in his her face <laughs> that happened sometimes where you're like uh like the interaction that you're having with the um another actor is like not planned and uh-huh. expected and you're like what the fuck oh yeah. yeah oh yeah all the time a lot yeah. of time sometimes it's coming from me though i remember one, one time <laughs> you're I the screened, one doing it 
Yeah, you know, I, I screamed at this like this extra one time. I was in, I was in it, and the, this extra wasn't paying attention. I was trying to get past him, and he wasn't. And I fuck like I screamed at him, <laughs> and and then they called cut, and the extra came out to me. He was like, "Oh, thanks, man. That was really great." And I was like, and in the back, and in the front of my mind, I was like, "Oh yeah, cool, man. Yeah, yeah, that was fun." In the back of my mind, I was like, "Motherfucker, if you had just moved." <laughs> but it probably did good. It probably was good for the performance, though. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. Did they cut it? I don't know. I got a. I I have a hard time watching my own shit. So okay, I got you. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, um, I think that's we, it. Yeah, I think we went through it. We talked about. We talked about. We didn't really. Again, we're tr- we're we're really trying not to recap, <laughs> and because this kinda, is not a recap podcast. This is not a recap podcast. This is really just about talking about pilots, why they're important, what are the things about pilots that uh, are important to bring up for your future shows, your screenplays that you might be writing, or just like right. thinking about your TV shows that you really really like. You know, it may encourage you to to take a deeper look into the shows that you like, or 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 hopefully spur a rewatch for you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, also and if, like yeah go ahead go ahead and if we and if we miss stuff like let us know like we're gonna you know we're gonna be launching our own like stuff on social media you know you can hit us up on our own social media like our personal social media like let mm-hmm. us know like what we miss we really want this to be a conversation you know because we're all we're all learning together as a community mm-hmm. that's exactly what i was about to say uh about the community aspect of this you know you know the podcast world is one a one that I really like because of the community that it can build around, um, you know, the communication that you can have with people outside and and talk about the things that we really like. And we love TV. We like to write most of the time, <laughs> uh, but we really like TV. Yes, and we do. I love I, I like this show because we get to watch TV shows and and it's sometimes it's shows I've seen before and not. But yeah. it's uh, always fun to kind of get deep and, and talk about these things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are you watching? Yeah, uh, uh, I forgot last time. I kept bringing up Justify, which did end. But the I'm watching. I'm starting to watch Foundation again. Found, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm on Apple TV the, Plus right now. I watched now. the pilot of that. I watched the pilot of Foundation. That's a long ass pilot, man. It's tough to get through. I don't even know if I want to do that one for this show. I'm not. I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you, bro. I don't even know if I can do that one. That's too. It's 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 fucking long. It's and it's, oh, it's dense. It's dense. It's dense. Yeah. Um, that's gonna yeah. make my brain hurt too much. I don't know if we can do it. Unless y'all say we want you want us to do it. But anyway, I'm I'm watching Foundation. Well, Foundation is like a great cerebral sci-fi show about yeah. like thematically, it's kind of like about what we're going through right now with <laughs> climate yeah. change and uh Donald yeah. Trump and whatever you want to say. Yeah. But um so anyway, I'm watching Foundation. I just actually finished Bad Sisters. I went and watched the first season of Bad Sisters on Apple TV oh, Plus. It's that. fucking fantastic, dude. Is it? That pilot okay. is the pilot is 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 good, but it was a little slow. But okay. you get, it it rewards your patience if you stay through episode three, four. Okay, um, nice. So I'll say I'll definitely recommend it. Definitely Dope. recommend it. Uh Dope. great show on Apple TV Plus. And so I just finished that one. I'm still watching Winning Time. I'm a little behind. And again, I'm watching Billions, you know, I'm watching Billions currently. So that's what I'm watching right now. Nice. Uh, I just started. I I watched the first episode of One Piece. Mm. Um, I would. uh, Yeah, I would recommend it. Um, It's it's I have I have a thing about 
these Netflix anime adaptations, but I think they actually do a pretty good job with this one. And mm-hmm. the kids are fun. Like those three kids are pretty fun. And, you know, it's delightful. It's a nice, like in the background kind of watch, you know, I know if I was like a little younger, I'll probably be a lot more into this than I am currently. Or, or if I had a more emotional connection to one piece, the, the anime and the manga, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, for somebody who kind of is transgenerally around that world. Yeah. It's, it's fun um we are watching me and my girlfriend are watching insecure so we're going through that oh my goodness which, which is my first time watching it i know really I'm, I'm, a bad, I'm a bad black actor dude you know how many times i've seen insecure it's like a, it's like a freaking movie in my family we watch nice. it all the time i'm sorry Aaron watches <laughs> shit all the time she well we're gonna it. but we're gonna t- we'll talk about the we'll probably put that's gonna be on our, our pile of oh watch. yeah we're gonna do that one for sure yeah um finishing up break finishing up better call saul and I think, and I'm playing Baldur's Gate. I, okay, tell me what I don't know what that is. Tell me what that is. Baldur's Gate quickly. Is a, it's a it, Baldur's Gate three is a it's a it's a based on Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Um, you get to, so it's an RPG, so you get to create a character. Mm-hmm. Um, my my girlfriend decided wanted to create a character, so we tried to create a character that looked like her. So she made an elf, a okay. half elf. Cool. Uh, and we and gave her, gave the half elf like a side buzz cut because she cut the side she buzzed the side of her head so she basically okay. made this little elf that looks like her with a nose ring and a tattoo on her face. Um, and the most the big thing about this game is you can change the character's genitalia. So we had some fun changing the character's Interesting. genitalia. <laughs> okay so that tells me nothing well that doesn't tell me nothing about the show that but tells you that, nothing that, about this game that, i mean the show i'm sorry nothing about the game it, it told me a little bit i guess you know whatever uh yeah. oh uh so yeah that's good that's uh that's it that's pretty much the episode of the episode one podcast my name is colin j harden uh my name is julian Lodge martinez i have one sign off question for you colin. yes go ahead all right so who would you rather babysit your son mm-hmm. chuck rose or bobby axelrod Ooh, that's a interesting question and give me why Ooh, man that's tough uh who would i rather babysit my you know who i'm gonna say who i'm gonna say bobby axelrod okay and, and i'm gonna tell you why because bobby take he's with his kids from the pilot mm-hmm. okay He's hanging out with his kids. He's teaching them life lessons. Maybe they're not the ones that really align with with me and what I what I believe. But at least he's the like they if are. he was my brother, if Bobby Axelrod was my brother, and I I just have to tell my son like, hey, he's really great. Don't listen to everything he says, okay? <laughs> but at least he's gonna be there with you. He might take you to a good baseball game. He might go, yeah. you know. He, yeah. He's there. He was there at his kids' basketball game. Like he was looking. You know, he, he loves his kids. Uh, like uh, Chuck Rhodes was like, "Hey, uh, I can't even remember his son's name. Hey, can you send the kid, uh, send your send your sister up there to, to start running the bath, uh, will you? So I can yell at my wife real quick. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he probably he probably doesn't remember his kid's name. Yeah, like you know, I, I got to give it to Bobby Axelrod. He he's yeah. gonna take care of Isaiah better, I think. Nice. So Isaiah might witness a minor felony, but at least he'll he'll yeah. have a. Uh, a parental figure. All yeah, right, and he great. might be rich. He might end up being rich as a result. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Yeah. Awesome. Uh right. socials. 
socials. Shout out. Socials. Yeah, go ahead. What's your socials? Uh, follow me at Julian Elijah Martinez. Mm-hmm. You can follow me at Colin the Producer on Instagram. Follow me at, at Colin Says Things on X. Formerly uh, known as Twitter. Formerly known as Twitter. Uh, I always wonder, like, do we still tweet or are we like, what is the what is the X version of tweeting? Like, you know what I'm saying? I think he called it. I think Musk called him X's. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that just seems that I mean, he has a lot of X's, so it would make sense why he would call that. <laughs> That's true. All right. So the uh, the next show we're going to do is the are we saying that? Yeah. No, no, we're not because we don't know when this is going to drop. OK, so we don't know. Things might be in, in strange order. But we have we will great, be doing another show. We are going to do another show. We got some great shows lined up for you and <laughs> you're going to really enjoy them. No, we have to. We have to tell them what's next because they have to get ready for them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Should okay, we re-record so I... it? Should we record it after the fact? You see no, what I'm saying? No, no, no. We'll, we'll say it. Okay. Well, right now we'll say it and then we'll re-record it. Okay. All right. So okay. we're going to do, we're going to do the shy next. Mm-hmm. The shy on, on H. I'm sorry. Nope. The shy right. on Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. So um, watch that if you want to prepare for it. And this might come out of order, so you might be watching something else. <laughs> yeah, just find the shy. Like, just be like episode one podcast, the shy, and you'll find that episode when it comes out. We'll find. I'm gonna see if we can find a script for it. I I don't mm-hmm. know if it exists on the internet. We can. Sure hopefully, we'll get to the point where like our podcast gets so freaking popular that even the scripts that you can't find online, they will send to us so that we can write them down. That would be great. Dead ass, dead ass. We're gonna get like the we'll have like the black the blacklist of scripts. We'll have like the secret vault. We'll have like mm-hmm. we'll have like a shoka before it even like the final of a shoka before it even drops. Like that's yeah. how that's what I'm manifesting for this pilot for this uh this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be huge. Only if you listen and tell somebody about it. Yeah, and hopefully exactly. we have some other things you can interact with this this podcast about too like the patreon page is incoming probably will be here by the time you hear this yep don't know what that link is going to be but look in the show notes and find it and uh websites and pretend you know maybe merch we're thinking about all that kind of stuff right so anyway yeah that's uh the show thank you for listening you know follow us on our socials and get ready for the next episode they should be coming yeah, yeah. um frequently i won't say which whether it's weekly or bi-weekly but they will be coming on a frequent basis yes they will all right all right peace peace, peace.